write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, in other words, if I, if I can't come for a while, yeah, chapter 3, right? 1 Timothy, yeah, 3, 14. What did I say? Wow! <laughs> I think my day's turning around. <laughs> um, anyways, but if I tarry long, if I don't come for a while, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself. It was an interesting phrase there. In the house of God, which is the church of the living God, uh, the pillar and ground um, of the truth. And this is really, it's a key verse to this pastoral epistle because, you know, Paul is just saying from his heart, the reason why I've written this letter is I'm not able to be there in person to help you with some, you know, some wisdom and, um, and, your, and your leadership there, you know, Timothy. And so I'm just writing you, you know, from my heart and obviously under inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, you know, some things that are going to help you along the way uh, in the church there. Um, just practical uh, issues, as he just talked about there, you know, for even... Uh, um, uh, some helpful uh, guidelines when, when choosing, you know, deacons for the church. And um, if there were going to be other pastors that were going to come on board, you know, to, to, to what, what the qualifications would look like for that. And uh, just a, a, an encouraging letter to Timothy. And he says, you know, I, I would like to, to come in person and, and, you know, mentor you with these things. But in the meantime, uh, I'm going to write to you and... Uh, and he says that, 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 thou mightest, uh, that uh, thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God. Now, um, when you think the house of God, we picture, we tend to picture a lot of things, you know, usage determines definition, and um, we tend to picture things like sort of in our era. Right, and a lot of times people, you know, they refer to to the church building as 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 the house of God. Um, you know that in the, during the time that we do know historically in the, in the early church that they didn't have buildings like you know like we have now. They had they had they had nothing like this until centuries later, and so. You know, we, from our frame of reference, you know, a lot of times we, we think of, of certain things, visualize uh, certain things from our perspective in, 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 in our modern days. And, uh, you know, we might be thinking, okay, yeah, you know, we've got we to gotta behave ourselves a certain way if we're in this building sort of thing. Um, the idea is the household, the household or, or, the, or the family, all right? It's not talking about a building here. It is going to use a building to illustrate a spiritual edifice, a, a spiritual structure. And, and really, you know, the, the, the house of God, if, if you want to talk about a dwelling place, because God doesn't, he doesn't dwell any more in, the, in this building than he does in your house, right? Um, I mean, do we want to take care of it? Sure. Uh, do we want to behave ourselves here? Well, yeah, because we're Christians. We want to behave ourselves anywhere, right? <laughs> uh, we're part of God's family, and so we do want to, to live in a way that's, that's honoring to the Lord, we, and we want to take care of that which He's entrusted to us as a matter of stewardship. 
But a lot of times we get, you know, one-dimensional in thinking of, of the, the house of God and the dwelling place. Really, you know, scripturally, the literal dwelling place of God right now is you. You're, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. I mean, a lot more of a premium needs to be put on that a lot of times. You know, you are not your own. You are bought with a price. You are the temple, the dwelling place of God, of the, of the Holy Spirit. Keep, keep that in good order, right? A lot of times people say, well, where does it talk about that in the Bible? Well, is, is, it, is it harming in some way the temple of the Holy Spirit? Is it, is it, is it edifying to you as a person to be more godly and, and to, to exercise stewardship over you know, what, what the, the gifts that God gave you? Well, you know, if it's not, it might not specifically address it in the Bible, but you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and that's definitely something to take into consideration as, as, as far as ownership uh, uh, goes there. And so let's, uh, let's think about these things a little further. We'll have a word of prayer and uh, look to the Bible for some help uh, tonight. Lord, thank you for the, the word of God. Thank you, Lord, that uh, we can uh, see practical uh, terms uh, how we ought to uh, handle things in your household and uh, within uh, the church family. And uh, Lord, uh, uh, thank you for these, uh, these writings that you preserved uh, for us to this day and uh, that we can glean from them. And I, I pray you'd help us with it now in Jesus' name. Amen. And so just, you know, with, with, with young people especially, I think we need to be careful about using the right terminology for things because, you know, they shouldn't grow up thinking that that's a, you know, pointing to a building and saying that's a church. No building is a church. Okay, I got zero feedback on that. <laughs> Let's review. Now, um, do you agree with me on that? It's a, it's a church gathering place. Right? It's a church building. Okay? And, and so, you know, kids, if they grow up thinking, well, that, that's a church right there, they're going to miss more important components that the church is a, is a local body of believers. And the local body of believers gathers, they assemble themselves. They don't want to forsake the assembling of themselves together because there's edification that goes on, there's building that goes on when they get together. And for practical purposes, you know, when we have a local church that wants to gather themselves and they want to, there's preaching that goes on there, there's teaching, there's equipping, uh, there's equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, right? Um, you know, that for practical purposes, we have a meeting place. We have a, we have a church building. Um, and so this isn't talking about, you know, how we ought to behave ourselves in the church building. This is talking about how things ought to be done within the church um, as, as the body, the local body of, of Christ. And, uh, and so um, it says there uh, how they ought us to behave ourselves in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. That is a called out body, a called out people. Um, it's God's design. The one true living God said, this is my mechanism through which I am going to work during this time. It is the most important organization that there is in the world. 
the church of the living God. And if it's truly going to be the church of the living God, it has to be biblical. Like you can't just you can't just organize something and you know put a, a list of 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 uh, tenets to it. Um, you know, make a, a a a bunch of beliefs and put them together and call it the church of the living God. That's not the way it works. You know, you can't say, well, we're, we're this denomination of a church, and we're going to make, you know, our particular list of, of beliefs and the way that we want our people to do things, whether it's from the Bible or not. You know, we've got this hierarchy that kind of decides, you know, um, yeah, the Bible is good and everything, but uh, we, we, are, we have been commissioned by God to describe what the church is going to be like. And uh, they'll come up with their, their tenets, you know, their sacraments, their, uh, their whatever proclamations they want to make, right? And, 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 and they'll say, you know, this is, this is the church of God. Well, if it's not structured after the Bible, and really, you know, that's, that's what Paul is saying. If you want this to be the church of the living God, then you, you have to do things biblically. You have to do things in a certain way. You have to do things the way that God set it up. Um, and so, which is the church of the living God. And what, what is so important about what we're saying right now? Well, it says there, the pillar and ground of the truth. So point number one, the forum for truth to be exercised. The forum for truth to be exercised. When it says there, the ground of the truth, uh, ground means a stay, a support, a support that's not necessarily visible. Um, carrying the truth, supporting the truth, bearing up the truth. And, uh, and, and so even though it may not be totally articulated at the moment, even though everybody might not know yet what, what that is, the church should be committed to the truth, should contain the truth, even if it's not in a tangible fashion visible yet, that is what undergirds and what, what that church is carrying forth. And, you know, when you're, when, you're, when you're teaching God's word line upon line, you know, precept upon precept, what are you doing? Well, you're, you're acting upon, you're building upon that, that stay, that support. Or you're, 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 uh, you're making... Um, making it evident. You're showing that this is the foundation. You know, it's like a foundation of a house. It's not always seen, but it's, it's of utmost importance that it's there, right? And, uh, and so that is the, the, the ground, as it were, um, the ground. And, uh, um, and then it talks about the pillar. The pillar is, it, it would be more of a visible support, and, uh, and, and it's important that there's both. It's important that the firm foundation be there, but then it's also important that that, that that along the line become evident. Well, how does that become evident? Well, within the body of Christ, it becomes evident as it's lived out, as it's taught, as it's preached, as the, the body parts, you know, practice the truth. There's a foundation there, and there's a support system firmly in place which is called truth, which God defines, which obviously is, is, is in his word. 
And so here's the, the illustration of using a building, but it's a spiritual building. It's a spiritual edifice. You know, the, 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 the church, the church is so much more than these impressive structures that people build around the earth, which many of them, by the way, aren't even churches. You know, when I lived in South America, uh, they had some incredible architecture there as far as these buildings go. And they called them such and such, you know, Saint something or other church. But it wasn't the church of the living God. You know how I know that? Because they didn't, they didn't teach the Bible. I mean, half the time, they didn't even want people studying the Bible on their own. <laughs> they just wanted to teach them a, a list of, of man-made, you know, uh, ideas as to what the church should be. And the people were, were, you know, they were blindly following almost like it was going to be, almost like this hocus-pocus thing. Almost like they were going to get some sort of magical blessing and good luck from being a part of this. It's really weird when you think of it. But you know, when, when, you, when you have the church of the living God, it's about, a, it's about a, a relationship with God. And it's about people who have a relationship with God. And it's about building that's going on in their lives. And they come together to, 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 to build together. And it's all on the foundation. You know, it's all on the bedrock of, of, of Jesus Christ. Right? Um, and... Uh, and, and, and so the truth, the truth, um, the ground and pillar of the truth. And tragically, you know, many so-called churches don't value the truth as they should. And therefore, um, they are left with, with weak pillars and on shaky ground, if they have that support at all. Now, here's the tragedy of it. If something is presented as a church... But then it fails to be the ground and pillar of the truth. Think about the devastation that that brings to people's lives. It's better not to have it at all, right? Because then they, they approach with false premises and, 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 and false security. And instead of just being left sort of in a neutral place where they're still searching, they have put their stake on something which is supposed to be a foundation, something, something firm, that, that, that just crumbles in the end. It just crumbles uh, because it's not, it's not built on truth. And the devil loves so-called churches that aren't churches of the living God. The devil loves that. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a unique brand of deceit. And that's why you have, you know, so many, so many religions and so many isms and so many, you know... Uh, um, just uh, different so-called churches. I mean, you got, you got churches that, that say they believe in Jesus, but don't even believe he's God. I mean, that's, 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 that's foolishness. There's no way you can be a Bible believer and have be the ground and pillar of the truth without believing Jesus is God. Don't fall for this, you know, like, man, we're just happy. I mean, we're happy if anybody just says that they believe in Jesus anymore. We're like that desperate, you know. I mean, in this old dark world, I mean, someone says that they, that they believe in Jesus, you know, that's good enough for me. Well, is it? 
If they say they believe in Jesus, he was a good person, and, and he even, you know, uh, died on, on the cross, or some people call it a torture device, or they come up with, you know, different terminology, but they don't believe he was God? Is, is, that, is that who you want to say is on your team? No, that's not the church of the living God. That's deception. All right? That, that, that's not, that, that's going to crumble. There's no real foundation there. Um, and if, if, uh, if a church doesn't, doesn't teach salvation by grace through faith in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not the church of the living God. If they add, you know, uh, okay, yeah, we believe in Jesus, but you've got to do this, 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 and this, it's not the church of the living God. Don't be so desperate as a Christian, you know, to find uh, community to say, well, hey, you know, I mean, the world is so dark that, that uh, we're just glad, you know, that they, that they uh, say they believe in Jesus. That's, that's, that's wonderful. Well, no, it isn't, because that could be more deceitful than someone not believing at all, and, and at least they'd have a chance to come, you know, without these hang-ups. Um, and man, they got them motivated. I mean, a lot of those, a lot of those, uh, those uh, um, false, you know, churches, they got their people motivated. Um, I still haven't figured out totally how to how to do it, except I guess you know it's part of their earning heaven. Um, you know they'll get out there and they'll knock on your door and they'll have one expert and one you know novice and and they'll try to turn you in circles uh, with all the, this stuff that isn't it isn't biblical. But the the problem is you know we we have such a lack of grounding and support in our own in our own lives sometimes that we feel we feel threatened by that. We shouldn't feel threatened by it. If we're, if we're equipped, right, to, um, with the gospel, if we have, you know, look, most of you here, had enough, you've had enough teaching that you shouldn't be intimidated by that. You should say, hey, look, you know, um, I'm a Bible-believing Christian. You know, I believe in salvation by grace through faith, not of works. And, and if you're here to teach me another gospel, you know, I'm, I'll pray for you. You know, here's something that explains the true gospel, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say God bless you to you, uh, to you. You know, the Bible says that. Don't say God speed. Don't say God bless you to someone who's teaching the false gospel. I'm just gonna say God bless you to someone who doesn't believe anything and is searching. You know, God's blessing upon you in your journey. I hope you find the truth. Then God bless someone who's coming along and teaching a false gospel. <laughs> no, don't God bless them. Um, you know, may the, may the fleas of a thousand camels infest your armpits. No, I wouldn't say that, but I mean, just, uh, no, I mean, we don't want the blessing upon that, right? Uh, but we do want them to get saved, obviously. And many have, many, many have. Because when you see that the true gospel is so refreshing, the true gospel is so refreshing compared to every, every other convoluted idea that man comes up with, right? Um, and so uh, the church is the pillar of truth. Because by its ministry, the truth is preserved and spread. Uh, and, uh, you know, Jesus talked about that which was built upon, upon sand. And you can, have, you can have a beautiful structure. And we have some builders here, and they understand about you know, this a lot more, more than I do. You can have a beautiful structure, you know, above ground. But if there's a faulty foundation or if it's just built on who knows what, you know, something that's shifting and sand or... You know, the, the, Jesus said, that's, that's a foolish thing there. That's a foolish life. That's not going to stand up, ultimately. Um, 
You can have something that doesn't look quite as impressive, you know, above ground, maybe. Not quite as impressive, but yet it's, it's built on the right foundation, and uh, that's going to that's gonna stand. That's going to stand. Um, and so, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, uh, there was, there was, there, I've seen houses before that they have these, these impressive pillars, but they're just a facade, right? They don't really support anything. They just throw these pillars on there. I think they do that in the houses in the south a lot, you know. They, they'll put some pillar, and they look pretty majestic and everything, but it's, you know, it's just a, it's just a show. You know, that, it's not really holding anything. It won't hold weight. It won't support anything. And that's the way it is with, you know, sometimes with, with, with people. You know, they put on a show of religion and, and outward conformity, but there's really no strength or support in it because it's not, it's not really founded on, 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 on life-changing truth from the living God, from the living God. Um, and so, uh, point number one is the forum for truth being exercised. And secondly, uh, the foundation of the truth that is evidenced. The foundation of the truth that is evidenced. Let's, uh, let's continue to, uh, to read there. And uh, it says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Now this is the other 316 here. Yeah, the, the most famous one, obviously, you see it all over the place, football games and everything else. Um, you know, John 3.16, and you can, you can tell why, because it's, it's such a wonderful verse. Um, use it often. But this is the other, you know, we call this the other 3.16, and it's loaded. Um, and, and so it says, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. This is the foundation of the truth that is evidenced. Um, and uh, it's, 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 the do- it's the doctrine of God. It's the doctrine of God. And the first thing that it says there is uh, that, that God was manifest in the flesh. And, you know, people say, well, you know, I mean, if, if God ever showed himself, I'd, I'd believe in him. I just can't believe in something that, you know, that's never really manifested himself. Has there ever been another God that came in human form and proved for decades that he was God? Forgiving sins? Healing people, controlling the weather. I mean, you name it, whatever you would think of, of, of God being able to do if he was in the flesh to, to show. <laughs> um, dying, coming back to life, bringing other people back, you know, another person back to life. Uh, you know, God manifested himself in the flesh. He showed himself to the world. It is historically verified, documented, eyewitnesses, accounts, hundreds of them. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's, it's all established. And even today, I mean, okay, I, I didn't live back then, so I have to trust a historical, you know, preserved record for that. And, and um, you know, well, show me God today. Well, there, there's, you know, the book of Romans chapter 1 says there's, there's plenty of evidence for us today as well. God has manifested his handiwork, you know, just in you a million times. Just in the way that you're made. 
okay? Don't tell me something, you know, blew up or burped somewhere along the line and all this happened, all right? I mean, come on, quit, quit insulting intelligent beings with that sort of stuff. Quit teaching our kids that foolishness, right? Just, just, just you, <laughs> just the complexity of you sitting here today and, and the various functions that, you, you know, happen without you even thinking about it. You know, times a thousand, um, it, it points so clearly to, de to design, uh, to design. I mean, th this, this watch here, I like wooden watches. My son Brendan got me a wooden watch uh, about five years ago, and I've kind of uh, gotten a few since then. But you got to be careful, uh, you know, when you're loading the wood stove, it doesn't catch on fire. But um, so, you know, just this watch, is this watch anywhere as near as complex as, 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 as a human being? Not even. I mean, it's like a, it's 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 primitive compared to that. But I don't care. You know how how many times you took these parts out of this watch and you know, for example, threw them in the dryer, and just let them go around that dryer. You could let it go in there for a million years and never make a watch. Or whatever kind of environment you want to put it in, you know, that blew it around or fused it together or whatever, you know, in and of itself, without a designer, without a vision. You know, that it would never come together, even for a simple, uh, comparatively speaking, apparatus like this. But they want to teach kids that, you know, there was some sort of big bang that, you know, something came out of who knows what, and it all got spinning, and it kind of all, you know, over time, it just became better and better, and, and, and I guess maybe at one time, you know, it had one eyeball, and then it then they could see, which is, that would be a miracle in and of itself. Just one eyeball they could see in color, right? But then somehow along the line, I mean, you know, we survived all of those adaptations, and we didn't have a mouth to eat with to begin with, and, you know. And then, you know, it, I mean, we, we ended up somehow, you know, ultimately having two eyeballs, and we can swivel our head a bit to, to protect ourselves. Who knows how we would have in the meantime. Um, and who knows, who knows how the things came about that would have, you know, preyed upon us in the meantime either. I mean, they had their own developments, and... It just, it's just amazing how many things just came to be and, and over the course of, you know, uh, it's a different number every time. It could be a million. It could be a billion. You know, it's whatever. Just, just throw a number out there and see if it sticks with the kids, you know, and, and hopefully they'll buy it. Because we want them to think anything but accept that they came from God. You know, take whatever theory they want to come up with. <laughs> and uh, then we wonder why they don't value life, right? Uh, why... why uh, you know, they, they, don't, they don't treat each other with dignity. Why they want to kill their own babies. You know, we wonder why, well, how did it come to that? Well, you know, that doesn't take a rocket scientist either. And, uh, and so, you know, God became flesh. He became a, as one of his created beings in order to manifest himself. And he showed his mastery over the very creation you know, that he, that he had made while he, while he was in the flesh. Um, and, uh, and so when it says there, you know, that God was manifest in the flesh, well, I don't know what, you know, there's so many way, ways in the Bible that you can show people that Jesus is God. If it's not talking about Jesus there, then what, what's it talking about? That God was manifest in the flesh, right? Uh, and uh, it says that he, he justified in the spirit authenticated by the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit um, 
was, um, you know, at different times, like his baptism and uh, his resurrection, the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Matthew 3.16. Matthew 3.16. We'll come back there to, uh, to Ephesians, but Matthew 3.16. Going to 3.16s tonight. I like the fact that my eye can, like, it can blink, you know? It can move around in a socket. It, it, it lubricates itself. That's helpful, right? It zooms in and out for the most, well, it used to work better than it does now. Um, it sees in color. I like all those features. It's amazing how that all just came out, came out over time. Aren't you thankful? Random adaptation. Okay, uh, Matthew 3.16, it says, and uh, Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And so they see the, the Spirit of God there um, identifying, showing that they were, they were uh, on the same page. Um, and so that's at his baptism. Let's go to 1 Peter 3.18. 1 Peter 3.18. You know why I get... I guess I get a little sarcastic when it comes to that topic because I, I just hate the fact that they're teaching that stuff to kids. You know, that's, that's what really bothers me. If adults, you know, if they want to, if they want to, that's the conclusion they want to come to on their own, you know, more power to you. But don't, don't put these signs. Every place a kid wants to go, they want to go visit a national park. You know, and they got to say, yes, this, you know, this river... This, this stream over millions of years carved out this canyon, and it's amazing that it looks like it does now, and, you know, kids, millions of years. And the little kid goes and reads a plaque that Mr. Ranger puts there. What's he supposed to believe? Right? What's that? Yes. First uh, Peter 3.18. It says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened uh, by the Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit was, was part of um, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see? Um, and, uh, and then um, Acts uh, 2, 32 to 33. Acts 2, 32 to 33. Bible's its own best commentary and uh, comparing Scripture to Scripture. Um, Acts 2, 32 to 33. This Jesus ha uh, uh, hath God raised up, wherefore we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth um, uh, this which ye now see and hear. And so God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're always 100% on, the, on the same page. And uh, the Holy Spirit points to, to Jesus Christ and, and uh, um, says, you know, my, my seal of approval is upon that. And uh, authenticates it in, in, by, by uh, identification. And so it says there, justify in the Spirit. Let's go back to uh, um, 1 Timothy 3.16. <clears throat> so you have this wonderful 
doctrine of God here. He's manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, witnessed by the angels, the messengers. The ministry of Jesus, both on earth and through the church, is of, it seems like it's of great interest to angelic beings. Um, there were many instances when Jesus was seen by, by angels, and uh, um, it seems like they especially uh, um, superintended the resurrection. Let's go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. <clears throat> You know, some 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 people, uh, uh, so-called people of faith, want to want to uh, admire angels more than admire Jesus. The angels would never; they'd never accept that. They're just messengers. They they're 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 kind of like foot soldiers for Jesus. Matthew twenty-eight uh, two through seven says there, and behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come and see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have uh, told you. And so there um, these uh, the angels, scene of angels, and, and uh, the angels, you know, they, it seemed like they gloried to be a part of, you know, witnessing of the resurrection and, uh, and then proclaiming the resurrections to those who sought him. Um, and uh, so Spurgeon says this, The Godhead was seen in Christ by angels as they had never seen it before. They had beheld the attribute of justice. They had seen the attribute of power. They had marked the attribute of wisdom and seen the prerogative of sovereignty. But never had angels seen love and condescension and tenderness and pity in God as they saw these things resplendent in the person and life of Christ. And the Bible seems to indicate the angels... You know, they, 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 find, they find the gospel and Jesus' ministry for us as human beings to be very intriguing, very interesting. And uh, they can't fully identify it like, with it like we can um, in our need for, 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 for the gospel. Uh, but yet they seem, you know, they seem to really enjoy it and, be, and being a part of it, uh, especially as it comes to, to the work of Jesus Christ. Scene of angels. And then it says, preach unto the Gentiles. Proclaimed unto the Gentiles. And, you know, the gospel, um, it's, it's, not, it's not a religion of a certain people. Um, it's not, you know, an Ameri Christianity isn't an American thing. You know, the God of the Bible, the living God, it's not a Jewish thing. The gospel ultimately was designed, the finished work of Jesus Christ, to be for all people. For all people. Uh, good tithings. For all people. And, uh, and, and so, you know, a lot of the devil lies in so many different ways. 
And I've heard people, you know, I'm witnessing the people, and they say, well, yeah, you know, I mean, Christianity, that's how people come to God in America. But then, like, over there, you know, in Nepal, uh, they come through Buddhism. And, uh, you know, uh, then over, over in, in Italy, they come through, you know, like through, through you know, the, the teachings of Catholicism. And then, you know, in, in India, they come through Hinduism. And on and on and on. And it's just all kind of like just different avenues, you know, to come to the same thing, depending on just a cultural thing. It's like just a cultural thing. That's, that's lies. You know, ultimately, the vision that we're given and the truth of the matter is that God is seeking out believers in Jesus Christ from every kindred, tribe, and nation. And you know that one day we are going to be in a massive throng of people before Jesus Christ himself from uh, people groups from all over the world. And that's the beauty, you know, ultimately of, of uh, uh, um, you know, the, 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 I guess the bigger church of Jesus Christ, as it were. Um, that it's, it's not a, a cultural thing. It's not a regional thing. That's why the Bible says go into all the world and preach the gospel. Because people right now that are steeped in Hinduism and, and Buddhism and every other kind of ism, they need Jesus. They need Jesus. Uh, you know, if, uh, Brother, Brother Gurmi, I'm trying to get him to come back to the missions conference this year because he's going on two trips into places where Christians don't normally get to go. And uh, he's going to be coming off those trips right, right before our missions conference. And so it sounds like he's going to be able to come and report on those things. Uh, so, you know, we'd like to have like a, uh, you know, kind of a rookie missionary, uh, one of our own missionaries, then maybe a more veteran missionary and kind of, you know, for a conference. I think it works pretty good. So it seems like that's kind of what the Lord is putting together this year. But, uh, you know, it's, it's not like Islam was for a certain part of the world and Christianity for another part of the world. You know, the gospel uh, here, it says, it proclaimed, proclaimed. Uh, God proclaimed to, to, to the Gentiles. Um, and, uh, and then it says there, as we continue in, in, the, in, the, in the passage, it says, preached unto Gentiles. Look at this. Believed on in the world. Believed on in the world. Um, the gospel is powerful. It can, it, can, uh, it can convict people of, of all kinds of different backgrounds and, uh, and systems. Um, believers of all people groups. I always, I would just, I look forward to that. I look forward to that. I mean, you get a little taste of it, you know, if you go like on a missions trip to a different place and, and you go, you go like to this town that you've never been in before and you go to a church, you know, meet with a church, a church, you go to a gathering place for a church that you've never been to before. And all of a sudden you get in the middle of that and you realize, man, they got the same Jesus here. You know, they got the word of God in their language. You got the spirit of God here. It's just like a little taste of that. Of one day we're going to be from uh, people, all kindred tribes and nations are going to be all together, you know, worshiping Jesus Christ. Uh, and who can explain? Who can explain that other than, than the mind and plan of God? And then it says he was received uh, into glory. And uh, this reminds us of uh, Jesus' ascension, Luke uh, chapter 24, verse 51. His finished work on our behalf, uh, Hebrews 1.3 and his present intercession uh, for us. Let's go to 1 John 2.1. 1 John 2.1. 1 John 2.1. 1 
1 John 2.1. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. The Bible says that Jesus uh, um, ever liveth to make intercession for us. Think about that. He makes intercession for you on an ongoing basis. And, uh, you know, you say, well, you know, I'd really like it if, uh, if, if Jesus was right here with me, like literally physically right now. Well, his commitment to you is in spirit never to leave you or forsake you. For eternity, you will be in his presence. That's going to be great because we've talked about it so much and we've thought about it and, you know, um, the ideal is there, but when that's reality, think about that. How awesome that's going to be. Uh, but we're going to be, we will be here with him, uh, you know, one day, we will be him forever. So in the meantime, in the meantime, you know, we trust that he's, he's gone, he's, he's making preparations, he's interceding for us. We've, we have his word in the meantime, and uh, we have uh, verses like this uh, from, from uh, um, you know, that, that, that were given to, uh, to Timothy. As we rehearse the verse one more time, 1 Timothy 3.16, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Aren't you glad to be a Christian? I mean, you know, it all fits together when you're a Christian. And life makes sense. And it has purpose and meaning. And you can, you can have Jesus to follow. That It never brings about sort of like embarrassment, you know. Oh, man, I know that's my leader, but it's kind of, kind of embarrassing that that's my leader. Um, it's never that way with Jesus. It's never that way. Like with Jesus, you're always happy at the end of it. I mean, I'm so glad that ultimately I'm following Jesus. And I, I don't get too excited about some of my other leaders at times. Okay? But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm always, man, 100% enthusiastic that I'm following Jesus, living for Jesus, and will be with Jesus forever. Uh, it's wonderful to be a Christian. And uh, other people need to see how wondrous that is. And so be a happy Christian. If for no other reason... Because you've got Jesus, and that's and that's uh, that's the the the, the, uh, the the he's the the way, the truth, and the life. Um, you know, upon hey, that's a good proclamation, Peter. Upon that rock, I will build my church. Right, uh, as to who Jesus was, um, he's the Christ, the Son of the Living God, and uh, we're one hundred percent glad that 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 he's our champion. Let's pray.